to being up here, man. So, I, again, seriously, thank you for your faithfulness, for, for um, those of you that do give regularly, like, seriously, grateful. God is moving. Yeah. He's doing things. There are people sitting in this room. I have the privilege of hearing all the stories. You may come in and out of this once every couple weeks or, you know, and you, you might not hear all the stories, but I'm telling you, there are people in this room that God has radically touched their lives and is doing something in their lives because we're just here every Sunday. And not just because we're here in the building, but because we're living our lives, we're in and out, right? God is moving. And it's a really beautiful thing. So thanks for, for being a part of it. But part of dreaming with God, we've been in this season, those who dream, Part of dreaming with God is learning how to partner with God, to partner with God's dreams through obedience, sacrifice, and stewardship. I want you to say those three words with me, obedience, sacrifice, and stewardship. So for example, God might reveal a dream that is on his heart, all right, but he works through human partnership interaction. That's why when you open the word of God, you read about Abraham, you read about Moses, you read about Samuel, you read about Joshua, you read about David, you read about Solomon, you read about Isaiah, you read about all these real people with real names. Why? Because God advances his agenda on the earth through willing human partnership, through people that say, God, I... I once walked away from you. I once rebelled against you. I once lived my life in opposition to you. You came after me. You rescued me. You washed me. You forgave me. You adopted me. You put your spirit in me. You've done a miracle in my life. And now, instead of living my life against you, I am living my life with you and for you, saying, God, how can we live together on the earth to see more people that, that are like what I was experience your love, your grace, your restoration, your newness in their life. And so instead of living against God, now we say, God, we want to partner with you. And so there's this process where the dreams of God are, are inextricably connected to willing sons and daughters saying, God, here we are. What do you want to do? Daddy, here we are today. It's so common in a family. I've got five kids. If you haven't told me to talk about my family, it's so common in a family for the kids to say to the parents, we want this, we want that. It's normal. It's kid stuff, okay? I get it. It's just with seasonal life, right? But it's, it's actually immaturity for the kids to go, we want, we want, we want, we want to do this, we want to do that. It's actually a sign of maturity for the children to say to the father, hey, what do you want to do today, Dad? Because we're here to follow you. God, what are your dreams? Are you, are you hearing me? God, what do you want to do in this city? It requires, there's a real partnership. And so a current example for us would be, if there's a dream in God's heart, but there's no partnership, that dream can actually sit unactivated. So the example for us, we preached a few weeks ago, there's a dream for Utah of worship, a sound of worship coming out of the soil of this region. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but Utah is unlike any region in the United States of America. This is a different place, y'all. 
It was founded on different beliefs, and it is grown up in different soil. And there is a move of God, I believe, that is bubbling under the surface of this region. And there's a dream in God's heart to see a move of worship that rises up from historically hard soil. And so we as a church, here's this example. We as a church go, okay, cool, God, you, you called us to sing to your, you call us to worship. And there's a new song of worship. Okay, cool. So through, what were those three words? Obedience, sacrifice, and stewardship. We say, okay, God, we're here. What do you want to do? We're ready. We're going to partner with this dream in your heart to see worship. And so as a church family, we have started to funnel resources, effort, and stewardship to actually seeing that happen. Okay, are you with me? Whereas beforehand, the dream was still in God's heart, but it was not activated. It wasn't accessed because he was honestly, you want to know what he was doing? Waiting. He's waiting for a, a willing, available human partner to say, oh, that's on your heart, God? Cool, let's do it. Let's do it. You're going to provide. Let's do it. And so we have... Matt Morley is on our staff as one of our worship directors. He was back there running sound. Matt is incredible. His job is to steward the new song of worship that's rising up in this church family and in this body. And so we're, we're funneling resources to partner through obedience, sacrifice, and stewardship with a dream in God's heart. And we moved up into this space four months ago. And guess what we discovered right Across the hallway over there, there was this beautiful, actually it wasn't that beautiful until Matt made it beautiful, recording studio sitting right in there. And so as a family now, we are stirring up a sound of worship, and I, and I want you guys to know, something is happening. It's beautiful. Matt is working on three songs. Look, we're not trying to release worship music because that's the cool thing to do if you're a church now. We believe in a dream of God's heart, and it's for, it's for the people that live and love and labor in this city for new songs to rise from the soil of Salt Lake City. But until we partner with that through obedience, sacrifice, and stewardship, the dream sits unactivated. Once we partner with it, Oh, songs start getting recorded, and they're getting recorded. We sang one of them a few weeks ago, and they're beautiful, and they're powerful, and it does something in the community because we're not singing a song now that some guy in Atlanta wrote or some church in Texas wrote or Northern California. We're singing a song that the people of God in this region wrote, and it does something in the kingdom. Are you with me? So that's just an example. And I want to put before you here, the, as, as we are praying and trying to sense what God is calling and inviting us to, the dreams on God's heart, I just kind of want to give you an overview of what is on our radar right now. These are not my dreams. And honestly, you could look at these dreams and be like, well, that's God's dream for every church. Well, yeah, it is, okay? But we're grabbing a hold of them and saying, this is how, these are the things we're going after that are God's dreams for his church in this valley, okay? I just told you the first one. It was sing to the Lord, all right? So the, the, the first dream, if we can get that slide up there, it should have a slide that just has the five. No, we don't. We got it. Here it is. Sing to the Lord, okay? There's something that God is calling us to in the realm of worship. 
all right? We've been talking about the great commission and God's heart for the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That is a God dream for every single church. And we're saying, God, how can we be a part of seeing lost people come into your home and your family? How can we share the love of Jesus with any and every person that wants to hear it? Um, How can we serve the least? That's not a demeaning statement. That's just what Jesus, the way Jesus said it in the scripture. Jesus talks about the least of these as the people that society deems as the lowest and the least. It's the down and out. It's those struggling with homelessness. It's the broken. And Jesus was his, they were always on his heart. The, 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 the people in our society that we have determined are the lowest, those were the ones that were the ripest for the love of God and the ones that Jesus was honestly very close with. And so we're saying, God, you've put us in downtown Salt Lake City on purpose for a purpose. What is your dream for our church in serving and loving the least. We want to settle the land. We have been a church that has been transient and in transition. I don't know what that means. I don't have a timeline for you. I'm not currently looking at property anywhere. All I know is that we want to be a family that sinks roots into the soil of this valley and that is established and settled here as a church body. Amen? And ultimately, what we're called to do as a body is also to shape and sin leaders, that it is the local church's job to say, hey, you've got a calling of God on your life. How can we encourage you, equip you, shape you, prepare you, and launch you into whatever that is? That might be down the street here working for Wells Fargo or J.P. Morgan. That might be across the state somewhere because God's put in your heart a desire to be a part of a church plan or something. It might be the nations of the earth, but healthy churches are engaged in shaping and sending. And so all of these, this kind of sums up the stuff that as a community we're going, okay, Lord, what, what are you inviting us into? Because I know that the world is still shaking and I know that things are, are, feel crazy and there's a lot of tension and stress. And so we've got two options, church. This is what we've been talking about. If this is your first Sunday here, we've got two options. We can sort of stay in this like trauma position of the last two years. Like, oh my gosh, like, and look, I've been living through it with you. I mean, it's been crazy. So we can stay there in this posture of like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Defense, when is this gonna feel safe again? When is this gonna feel settled again? Like, uh, we can just sort of stay coward defensively, or we can say, you know what? Man, we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so in the midst of everything else that is shaking around us, let's move forward with God and get busy with the things that he's doing. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but in the midst of the shaking, what is coming up in the shaking is a hunger for God in a lot of places and a hunger for God in a lot of hearts that have gone through the last couple of years. And here's what they discovered. Whatever their God was didn't help them. Whatever they were leaning on for security, it was shaken. It couldn't hold them up. Whatever they were trusting in to make life okay, it failed them in the last couple years. All other gods 
we're exposed. They don't work. The scripture says, but we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so sooner or later, people are going to look at the pile of rubble that they're standing on and they're going to, and, and, and how rattled they have been. And they're going to look at you. Not perfect. I'm not saying you weren't shaken, but they're going to look at you and see that you're doing all right now. And they're going to wonder what you're standing on. And they're going to wonder what kingdom you're a part of. You know what I'm saying? And so I know it's a crazy time to be alive. It's also a really exciting time, church. It's a really exciting time to move forward in the dreams that are on God's heart. Because in the midst of how crazy it feels for you, God is moving. He is seeking the lost. He is saving people. He is reaching in just like he has always done. And so, I had some notes up here. On the obedience, sacrifice, and stewardship, there are dreams that are on God's heart. As you can see from Brandon's update, Uh, we've got some ground to make up just to like maintain what we're doing right now. Did you guys see that? So there's like, there's dreams on God's heart and we have, we have some resources because of many of your faithfulness. We have some resources and savings. One thing Brandon didn't mention is that we have a decent savings account where we can live in that tension for a little while and, and this thing's not going under. But none of us want to live in that space as a household. We would never recommend your personal budget be, you be in a deficit by, you know, 15, 20%, right? And so, but, so we're, we're in an okay place. But I'm saying we're, to, to partner with the dreams that are on God's heart, there really is an invitation for us as a church family, to say, are we, gonna, are we going to partner with these things or are we going to, there's not, a, what I'm saying is there's not a lot of room right now to go after some of these dreams. You know what I'm saying? And so what I want you to know is two things. Because we don't pass baskets, because we're not always putting it before you and saying, hey, are you giving? Are you giving? If this is your church home, it would be really helpful if you had some type, all of our giving is automated these days. If you had some type of recurring giving set up, it just helps us know what we can expect month in and month out as we're dreaming. But also, I also want you to know that every once in a while, we are just going to ask. And so in three weeks on May 22nd, we're going to have a special Sunday called City of Dreams. And what we're going to ask is, for the next three weeks, if you would just ask God, you would just pray and say, God, is there a, an offering that I can bring on May 22nd? Is there an offering that, because on May 22nd, we are going to pass baskets once a year. And we're going to say, Lord, is there an offering that I can bring, again, to be a part of partnering with a dream that's on your heart? 
And, and so we want you guys to know that that's coming in three Sundays and to be in prayer about that and to be asking God about that. And again, knowing our heart's desire is to steward whatever God puts in our hands to see more and more people hear about the love of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, the grace of God, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this community. That's what we're going after. I know this space has a great vibe. I know our worship team crushes it, but we're not just we're not asking to make this thing cooler. Does that make sense? We're like we're we're asking because we there are dreams that are unactivated that we want to get we want to get on board with what God's asked what is in God's heart. Does that make sense? City of Dreams. So for just the last we got about 5 minutes here and I just want to highlight um, one of our blueprint values for the last five minutes here. And I, I want to know if you'll give me permission to stir up your faith a little bit. The scripture talks about uh, Peter in a couple of his letters. He says, I want to, hold on, let's get this down because they're all reading that and they're not listening to me anymore. Okay, hold on. Peter says, uh, he uses this phrase, I want to stir you up by way of reminder I want to stir you. I want, I want your faith to get active and agitated. And I remember the Lord gave me this picture years and years ago. Remember as a little kid when you'd see this like big old gnarly anthill in your yard and it was just like pristine. You're like, how did they build that? You know, and it's like everything's calm and you know, you're like eight year old boy and what do you do? You go grab a stick, right? And you go over to that ant pile and they're just having a good day in there. You know, they have no idea what's coming. And you put that stick down in the middle of that ant pile, right? And you just, ah, you give it a few stirs and then boom, you, you, you back up. And what was once just moments before this like peaceful little mound is now just like, it's just like buzzing with motion and movement and activity and, and you just like devastated a community, you know? And you're just like, oh, this is awesome, you know? But, but Peter talks about stirring up our faith. And so I, I w- would you give me permission for a second to just like put, to just put my stick into like maybe the places that right now you're like, okay, like, man, well, we, we I came to church and they talked about dreams on God's heart and, and money. And this is my first time. Or maybe you're here every week and you're like, but can I just stir your faith up for a second? Because one of the, the founding principles of what we are doing here in this family is faith. And you can throw the slide up there now. So we say it like this, we walk by what he says, not by what we see. In the name of Jesus, any situation can shift and any mountain can move. Nothing is impossible with God. Will you read that with me? We walk by what he says, not by what we see. In the name of Jesus, any situation can shift and any mountain can move. Nothing is impossible with God. Listen, hey, celebrate if you've seen this in your life. You have seen a situation change. You have seen a mountain move. Because we are of a different citizenship. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven from which we eagerly await the returning of our king. Oxygen in our, in our kingdom is faith. It is faith. We walk by what he says, not by what we can see. And I want you to know that faith has always been the way forward 
for the people of God. Faith has always been the way forward. Think about the Israelites coming out of Egypt, coming out of slavery, this miraculous exodus that happens. God delivers them through the Red Sea, parts the waters, crazy, leads them to the edge of the promised land. We're talking about an entire nation of people that had no land, no sovereignty. They were slaves. And within a matter of weeks, they were standing on the edge of their own territory that God had promised to their descendants for generation, the promised land. It was right there. It was actually, the theologians would tell you, the promise of that land was an unconditional covenant promise from God to Abraham. They were going to possess that land. God said it. The only thing that was conditional was which generation was going to possess it. It was an 11-day walk. Church, stay with me. It was an 11-day walk from the other side of the Red Sea to the border of the promised land. They got there. They had an unconditional promise of inheritance staring them in the face. You know what happens next. They sent 12 spies to go look at the promised land. 12. 10 of them came back. Said there are giants in that land. We can't take it. They partnered with fear They spread a bad report about the promised land. Listen, listen, listen. An entire generation missed out on their promised inheritance because of 10 complainers that partnered with fear instead of faith. We walk by what he says, not by what we see. They saw the giants in the land, and they let what they saw trump what God had said, which was it's yours. Only two out of 12 came back and said, God said it. And they wandered 11 days. They wandered in circles for 40 years because a faithless generation could never possess what God was wanting to give them. It is so sad to me. So sad to me. Faith is always the way forward. And anytime God is inviting us forward into a new season by faith, I say this in love and gentleness, there will always be a temptation of a giant staring you in the face or some reason why you should not move forward. There will always be. It'll be fear or it'll be pain or it'll be, I don't know, I've been with this Moses guy for 40 years. Who's Joshua? It'll be mistrust of some new leader. And and there's some reason why you'll be on the edge of a promise. Shannon, closed up worship, Isaiah 43. She says, behold, God is doing a new thing. Do you see it now? It's springing up. I love that. You were spot on. It's a new season. We've been preaching this for the last three weeks. It is a new season. It's a time to move forward. God, I believe, has beautiful things for us, church family. Exciting dreams. Beautiful things for us to be a part of. And we're like standing right on the edge. And honestly, it's like, are we going to move forward into the promise by faith? Or are we going to let our fear, our pain, our mistrust... Listen, are we going to let our resources 
I'm telling you, that number excites me, church. I am not the least bit worried about resources, 100%. The Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I got bigger resources. I mean, sorry, I got bigger dreams. I'm like, for me, it's not dreaming big enough. It's like, Lord, I'm moving forward, and I hope your resources follow me. And I need Brandon to keep me on a leash that's just long enough so I don't lead us into ruin, okay? But if Brandon wasn't here, okay, we'd already be gone, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, you know, but there's this tension between we walk by what he says, not by what we see. So I want you to know those numbers, our financial update. Oh my gosh, that does not slow me down. That does not slow my dreaming down. That does not slow my expectation down. But there is an opportunity for us as Paul said in Philippians 4, to press on. Not that I've already obtained it or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but this one thing I do, come on, somebody say it with me, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on, somebody say press on, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, this is so gentle, God will reveal it to you. He's saying, church, church family, a sign of maturity is that we're willing to press on. A sign of maturity is that by faith we move forward. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Listen, let me stir your faith up a little bit. Can I stir your faith up, church? Listen, faith is always the way forward for the people of God. Fear makes you tremble in the face of giants. Consider staying where you are or look back backwards and just like them dream about going back to some situation that when you were in it was terrible but now in retrospect because of these giants it looks pretty good but I'm just saying church I'm not going back I'm not going back I don't want to go back because I'm on the edge of something that is beautiful and I can see it in my spirit. Can you? I'm on the edge of a promise from God that is beautiful and I can see it in my heart and I'm willing to obey him and walk in faith to see it happen and I'm willing to sacrifice something to see it happen. You think my wife and I would ever stand up here and ask you to give a dime if we weren't already there? Our lives, we moved our whole lives to this soil. We moved our whole family to this place. We tracked our five kids across the country because God said, go, I got a promise for you. And we said, yes, Lord, how can I partner with you, God? I used to be against you. My whole life was in opposition to you, but you rescued me, God. You saved me, and now you're inviting me to be a part of it with you. So here I am, Lord. Send me, use me, partner with me, God, because I've tasted of your love. I've tasted of your rescue. I've tasted of your freedom. You want to know my story, man, take me to coffee. Buy me a $2 coffee. I'll tell you how far he's brought me. You don't know how lost I was, how enslaved I was. I didn't grow up in some nice church home, and I've just had the thing paved out before me. I was in the gutter. But God, but God told this parable in Luke 15 
the tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to him. And the Pharisees grumbled. And they said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. I'm so glad he did because he received me. Look, he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Church, the lost are on God's heart. He is seeking them out. And when he is found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors. And he says to them, rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. He's after the one. He is after the one. And we get to join him. We get to partner with him. And our partnership, I believe, starts with us realizing that we either are or we were the one. His heart for the lost is his heart for you and me. Oh my gosh. So we're going to worship. I want you to know here for the one every day just about the next one I don't care about building some big thing Jesus was after the one you were the one and then we get to partner with this dream in his heart I know the world is shaking you know what God is doing saving He's moving in the midst of all the shaking. We got more new faces walking in this door every week. I try to remember all their names. I don't even know where they come from half the time. But God is seeking people just like he sought us. And so we just say yes, God, to your love today. We say yes to the dreams of your heart as we stand on the edge of a new season, Lord. Let our faith arise and move forward, God. And if there's any other mindset, Lord, if there's anything in us that's immature, Lord, that's not willing to move forward, God, Lord, deal with us in that. But but we ask today for a new and a fresh awakening of your love within our hearts that would compel us as Paul said. He said, the love of Christ compels me. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Let the good news arise in our hearts and then let it come up and out of our mouths. Let's sing together, church. Come on.